0: Hello and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here.
1: Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Relatable Homeschoolers. In today's episode, we are talking all about curriculum, what to buy, where to buy it, and all the info is here. So we're so glad you're joining us. I'm here with Harmony and Annie. Ladies, talk to me about curriculum. What you got for me?
2: Well, it's that time of the year again, when people are evaluating curriculum that they've used in the past, maybe shopping for something new, adding in a new subject or looking for a different curriculum resource for a subject they're already doing. You know, maybe we sharing how we look for curriculum, how we evaluate curriculum and where we get our curriculum might be helpful.
0: Yeah. A good starting point is to say, especially for new homeschoolers, you don't have to buy one curriculum. Like There are curriculum companies that sell you everything in one box and you can get all your curriculum from one place. And if that will be helpful to you and make things easier, then by all means, you know, feel free and encouraged to try doing it that way. It's an easy one-stop shop, but generally you're buying everything new. You're going to pay top dollar for it but it's nice because you get it all in one deal and it's one box um, there are companies who talk about you know box opening day and we got all our curriculum in one big shipment but also you shouldn't feel like you have to do that if mm-hmm. you want to be eclectic and pick here and there or write your own curriculum plans based on you know books that you find at the library or resources you already have topics that you love or that your kids are passionate about you should feel free to develop your own curriculum or to collect from different vendors, which I think in a lot is probably a lot of what the three of us do. We've over Mm -hmm. the years evolved into, you know, picking and choosing from different places.
1: Sure. Sure. So let's start with that. Like what to buy Like So like Harmony, like you said, when I started out, I was a box girl. (laughs) I was like, give me the box with everything in it because it was like just overwhelming and consuming to me to try and think about piecing it together. I wanted it all in one box. So my go-to for my first couple of years was my father's world. And I got that box every year. That was very helpful to me. Starting out, like that was truly what I needed. Now I'm like, okay, ordering this from here and ordering this from here and ordering this from here. So, yeah.
0: Well, and 20 years ago, there were just a couple of vendors. So we didn't have, sure. there wasn't a whole lot to choose from. But now new homeschoolers have so. Mm. much to pick from. Decision fatigue is a real threat. Yeah, um, for sure. Something you can definitely confront. So yes, absolutely. Like the box can be just a help and a support to not have to decide, you know, mm-hmm. just to choose something. And then if you don't love it, you've still accomplished your homeschooling. And then next year you can say, I liked this and I'm going to keep this, but I'm going to branch right. out, you know, in this area. Yeah. One starting point is even most States who do not set requirements for you to like turn in lesson plans or submit a curriculum, still want you to follow certain subject areas. So they say, you know, you want your kids to do social studies, language arts, science, math, and you might have some specific things for the state that you just want to make sure you're following so that when it comes to the point, especially of high school time, when you start carding credits, they have the foundation they need to take those high school credits. So not something you want to be thinking about in kindergarten level, but Mm -hmm. you know, you want your kid to have a solid science foundation, a solid math foundation so that later on they're equipped to do whatever they want to do. Unschoolers may say differently, but unschoolers don't necessarily always use curriculum. So
1: you are more of a piecemeal, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. And you Annie?
0: Totally piecemeal. I've never bought
2: a box in my life, (laughs) (laughs) but I was that way as a classroom teacher. So I spent Mm. five years in the classroom and never used my own textbook. It Mm. was a guide. It was a resource, but I had built my own curriculum. So that did not intimidate me, but that's who I am as an educator. I was that way before I was a homeschooler. Right. So that does not scare me, but it's a question I get from a lot of parents who are investigating homeschooling. Well, what would I use for curriculum? And I always tell them, you know, similar to what you guys have said, it's not if you can find curriculum, it's that there's too many choices.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really easy to become kind of a curriculum junkie, which I sort of am oh, and yes. to find, to, to pick up resources and be like, oh, this could be wonderful. Then stick it on the shelf and have to pick and choose because you have too much. So yes. if anything, I'm probably guilty of having too much curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily feel bad about right. that, but that also can cause decision fatigue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you walk into,
2: like for us, it's our homeschool conference, vendor hall, mm-hmm. everything looks good. When you go online and you're at Rainbow Resources or Sunlight, you know, all the other vendors, everything looks good. And so you're like, add to cart, add to cart. You're walking through making your list. I want this, I want this, I want this. And then you have to step back and you have to think, when are my kids going to get all this done? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly.
2: Here's the fact, homeschoolers, we can't do everything. Right. So then that begins a process of distillation, right? Out of everything that looks good, what do we need to do? And what do we want to add as something fun? We, We can't add all the
0: things.
1: Right. Yeah. So Annie, you made a good point there talking about your homeschool conference and the vendor sale. So where do we get our curriculum from? I know for me that was a huge one as well. Like again, they can be overwhelming because like you said, there's so many choices, but to actually see and touch and flip pages of a curriculum at like a vendor show like that when all the companies are there with their products, I feel was really good for me in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. That I could actually see it and I could look at it. I could turn the pages and really get an in-depth look of what the curriculum was. But other than that, where do we go to buy curriculum, ladies?
0: Your area, wherever you live, very well may have a homeschool I want to call it a homeschool building because that's what they call it here. The HSB, the homeschool building. Mm-hmm. And they have curriculum on hand that you can go in and look at. They You can purchase some things, but also they sell used curriculum that, you know, they have like a shop. Mm-hmm. So you may be able to find some place like that where there are resources where you can go and look at in person. A lot of companies also offer free samples. Julie Bogart's Brave Writer program, Sunlight, other places like that. I think a you can, you know, get a sample lesson so that mm-hmm. you can take a look at it. Have your kids take a look at that. My, that's what my daughter did with um, the writing curriculum we're using this year. Um, she wanted a little more structured writing curriculum. And so we did a few sample lessons and she was like, I love this. So it was super helpful to have kind of try it on, you know? Right. And so, and if a company doesn't offer that overtly, you can certainly email and ask and say, mm-hmm. I'd like to try something. Can I just get a sample? And that can mm-hmm. let you, you know, explore and take a look. Mm-hmm. I buy most of my curriculum online. I do go occasionally. I've been to the great homeschool convention, which is probably the biggest convention in the country. Yeah. Almost every curriculum vendor is there. It's a huge mm-hmm. vendor hall. and have gotten to look at curriculum there and it's been definitely a help, especially early on to be able to see everything in person to hear. You can usually hear the vendors. A lot of them will be speakers. They are mm-hmm. homeschool experts or call themselves homeschool experts. And you can kind of listen to their spiel and visit their sessions and get a feel for, mm-hmm. for the approach they have. So that can be helpful too. So yeah, yeah a convention can be a helpful source, but um, mm-hmm. primarily these days I buy online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And at our
2: convention, and even amongst homeschool groups, there can be swaps and trades and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, one of the homeschool groups in Bismarck, I thought just advertised the other day that they're meeting in a church basement and everybody can bring their curriculum and you can buy from each other. And that's a good time to ask parents you know, what age was this for and did you do anything supplemental with it? And that's, you can kind of ask them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've bought used curriculum from fellow homeschool parents and it was a great resource to have them. Right. Tell me, tell me about it. Tell me their experience yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And if you have a philosophy you're following, there's undoubtedly a Facebook group or another social mm-hmm. media group that has parents where you can, there's like a forum where you can ask, what do you use? Do you use this? Do you use that? I'd like to get somebody's people are always asking for opinions and tell me mm-hmm. your experience with such and such, or I'm looking for this kind of math curriculum. This is my kid's need. So word of mouth from other homeschoolers is also a great way to not to buy necessarily directly, but to figure out what to buy Mm -hmm. or what to look at.
1: So that's going to kind of lead into the next question about new versus used as well, because I would say, you know, I started out buying the box, buying it new from the company and stuff, but as... Um, I've evolved as a homeschooling mom. Right. Like things have changed. And one of the biggest resources I would say nowadays is like Facebook and not just for asking questions, but most larger companies, you know, whether it be my father's world or sunlight or not grass, they have their own buy and sell groups as well on Mm -hmm. Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I've bought a lot from there and I've sold stuff on there. Like I've sold a lot of my father's world stuff on there. Another thing similar to what Annie said is some of the co-ops around here will do curriculum sales where you can go and they literally charge $5 a table to set up a table and then people can come for free. And buy it or other ones have done where they we call it a trunk sale. And it's literally in the parking lot of usually a church or something and open your trunk, throw a table out, put your stuff out on there. And it's kind of like a garage sale of people's curriculum out of their back of their trunks. Um, but it was so funny. I just sold it one this past week. And Harmony, like you were saying, being like a homeschool junkie, like I had stuff on this table that I've had for 10 years, probably now that I bought, like, oh, I got to have it, got to have it, I got to have it, right? but I've never once used it. And I had it on the table and people were like, oh, how did you like, I was like, I never used it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That's why I'm selling Uh, it. I had good intentions and literally, but then by the end of the night, like I've done like two or three of these sales now. And I know like this stuff, like I just, I moved boxes, right? When you move boxes from one house to the other, you're like, okay, I am done with this, right? It's been sitting in a box for a year. I'm not going to use it by the end of that sale. I was like, free, free. I was like, I'm not taking this back home with me because I didn't need it. Like I'm at the point now where I'm not wanting everything. I just want to hold on to what I know I want and stuff like that.
2: Our state homeschool convention has a used curriculum sale. Again, it's 10 Mm -hmm. bucks to set up a table. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they have a free space set up and it's, I, I won't say table cause it's half a dozen tables at least, but anybody who has tried to sell it and it didn't sell, mm-hmm. you don't have to take it home. You can just go set it on the free table. Done.
1: Yeah. Our old co-op that we used to go to used to have what we called a free table. And if you had something and mm-hmm. uh, you didn't want anymore, you just brought it and put it there back in the day though, I couldn't pass up free curriculum. And so I'd be like, Oh, I'll take that. I'll use that. And then here I am giving it away at a curriculum sale because I've never used it. <laughs> you, know,
2: you cannot do everything that looks good.
1: No, you can't.
0: Ugh. I think it's important to say you can spend as much or as little mm. as you want to, or as in your budget. Um, Absolutely. Just because curriculum, curriculum does not have to be new and shiny. So if you mm-hmm. love the new and shiny, but you don't have the budget for the new and shiny, just remember your kids are going to beat everything up anyway. So by the end of school, it's not going to be new and shiny anymore, but right. you can spend less. And I do know families who utilize the library almost exclusively, especially for reading books, like living mm-hmm. books and their readers and whatever they that I find stressful because if you can't get a copy of it. Mm. Um, so, you know, books that homeschoolers love and turn to can be harder to get at the library. So you might have to be somewhat flexible with your timing, yeah. but I buy all of our books used. I buy them usually through abebooks.com and we've talked about Abe before um you know so and i do buy i buy some things new especially consumables but reading books i buy exclusively used so mm-hmm. books especially are a great thing to get used and you can mm-hmm. you don't have you don't have to i guess my point is you don't have to go to a curriculum site to get right. reading books those you can get from a yeah. book vendor better World sure. books third-party mm-hmm. sellers on amazon for a fraction of the retail yeah. price yep, i would say ebay is another place mm, ebay uh,
2: to look mm-hmm. i bought all of my we use saxon math i bought all of my Saxon math books off of eBay um, with Saxon math and other versions of curriculum. There are different versions. Mm-hmm. So just right. my my word of advice is uh, check your ISBN numbers, ask the seller to verify ISBN numbers if they don't list them to match up what you already have. So right. I bought you know one Saxon math book and answers for every level and then realized, oh, my kids go at their own pace. I'm going to have times when I have two kids in a book. Mm. Well, we all know how well sharing a textbook would go with Wait, my three. I'm sure your, your children are much better than mine <laughs> at sharing.
1: Sharing doesn't work in your home, Annie?
2: Not with textbooks because <laughs> they get, they keep them in their backpack or they keep them in their mm-hmm. drawer and they can't, I can't find the math book.
1: Oh, so, I, I know
2: buying those extra and they're four or five dollars to just buy one more textbook. And so it's a really easy place and sell your extra stuff there because mm-hmm. pass it on to some other homeschool stuff. I had some science books, some textbooks that I'm starting to prepare for my high school curriculum for the, the kids who were approaching those high school times. And I just want the answer keys. Like Mm -hmm. I got them because as a science teacher, you get sent curriculum and to review and whatever if you want your school district to buy it. So I have really good textbooks. I just don't have the answer keys. And Mm -hmm. so me and eBay thrift books, I was searching out the answer key for that particular textbook. And so it's possible again, just check ISBN numbers. They will correspond. And sometimes the answer keys that you're looking for are just PDFs you can download.
1: Yeah, that's Um, true.
2: You don't have to buy, you know, the physical answer key. A lot Mm -hmm. of times those things are digital.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. The only, I was going to say, like, I I am now definitely a more used person. The only thing I would say, like, in terms of considering new is, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, is, you know, curriculums are always updating, right? And stuff. So like, if it's something new I haven't used yet and I'm starting it with my oldest and I know I'm going to use it through my other three kids, and they just released a new one, I'm probably going to buy the new one because I know I'm going to use it through like four kids rather than buy a used one. And then sometimes have trouble getting everything that I need to find for it because it's been updated now. And sometimes you have trouble with that. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely say I'm more on the new used side. And so I'll do the used sales or the Facebook groups or in like Harmony said, I'll get the books off of a books or thrift books or something like that as well too. So with that, what I just said, Harmony, I know you were going to talk <laughs> about that, um, with consumables. So why don't you share about that?
0: Yeah. I was just going to say I have two kids and they're three years apart. So if I have something that is going well, I don't always do it up front. I might do it like midway through the year. I may, if it has a consumable workbook component or something like that, that they have to write in, then I will go ahead and get... A second one for my second daughter, knowing that it's possible that when that comes around, she might not use it. But if I don't get one and then they change the textbook or Mm -hmm. the main core curriculum or whatever, then... I'm up a creek, so mm-hmm. I would rather buy a second one and have it on hand. But I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have later have to um, worry right. about the fact that I don't have a copy of this for my second mm-hmm. one. And so far that's paid off. It's It was wise to do the consumable piece because you you just don't know. Some curriculum companies update curriculum every year. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. give you a warning. The next catalog comes out and, oh, it's all changed. And mm-hmm. then what you, what you have is obsolete if you need, you know, consumables to go with it.
1: Yeah. I was definitely like behind the eight ball with my father's world because literally I was buying the curriculum, like needing it the year they when they released a new one. Mm-hmm. And so then I'd, you know, after I finished that curriculum, I'd move up to the next one. And that year they had just released a new one. And I was like, Oh my word, this is going to happen to me. Like every year they keep, they're on the same path as I am of updating their curriculum. But so I know when I did kindergarten with my girls, I did it with them and you know, I had the student sheets and stuff. And then when it was time to do it with my third, I think they had just revised it, but I was still able to buy like the you, the sheets for the first mm-hmm. edition, right? Online There's usually and a short time
0: of overlap. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and so sometimes was-
0: it'll go on sale too. Mm-hmm. You get a good and- price.
1: So I actually had the forethought, like, oh, well, let me buy two sets because I had four kids. So I at least had all the materials then to use with my fourth kid. Well, by the time my fourth kid came around to needing this kindergarten curriculum, I was like, oh, my word, I've done this kindergarten curriculum three times. I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. I wanted something different. But I already had all the student sheets and it actually then made my resale value of that curriculum more valuable. Because if I was just to sell the curriculum, it was kind of useless at that point because they no longer sold the student sheets to go with that curriculum, but I still had them. So I was like, here's a brand new, like it's a whole set. You can use it as is."
0: One thing that you just said that I think is important to ping on is that you do not have to do the same curriculum with any mm-hmm. of your kids, kids are different, right? From child to child, they have different interests, needs, skills, and gifts, strengths and weaknesses. So just because you have something mm-hmm. does not mean you need to use it with kid number two or three or whatever. Right. Also, if you're sick of something that is going to be obvious to your kids, better to yep. change and do something fresh. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go wrong. There are so many good books, mm-hmm. so many ways of doing math, so many right. ways of doing science having the time to homeschool and having them at home is the key thing mm-hmm. here and covering, you know, your basics, right. You know, especially in the younger years, because in the younger years, we just want them to read and do some math, you know, and mm-hmm. everything else is just loving to learn, learning, exploring the world, learning to love learning, you know, all those things. So yeah, you don't have to become attached or feel any kind of guilt or shame
1: mm-hmm. for any
0: kind of curriculum to be attached to any kind of curriculum. Mm-hmm. There is also though curriculum, like envy, the new, like trying oh, every yes. year having to get caught up in like, oh, mm-hmm. now there's this new thing and I need to try it. And so you can also fatigue yourself by changing <laughs> curriculum too often. So it's like, it's also a case of like, if it's not broke, maybe don't fix it. hmm well, and if it is
2: broke, spend some time reflecting mm-hmm. on why. Mm-hmm, right. Um, oftentimes when parents come talk to me and say, we need a different curriculum for math. And I will say, okay, well, what's going on? What's And, and they'll talk about it. And it becomes obvious fairly quickly that their, their child is just not ready for that level of math. Mm-hmm. It's not the curriculum. If you put that curriculum on your shelf for a year and then brought it back out again, I'm betting you would have a different result. So sometimes don't guttle a whole curriculum thinking like it's, it's the curriculum. If we had, if we just had something different for spelling, then it would go better. And that's not the case for, for two out of my three kids, they Mm -hmm. were not ready for that level of spelling and it was slowing down, reinforcing basics and then Mm -hmm. pulling it back off the shelf. Sometimes as little as a couple of months later, sometimes a year later and then Mm -hmm. trying it again. So uh, just a word of caution,
0: Well, and sometimes that's where those things like game schooling, like we talked Mm -hmm. about, like math games, you know, to beef up basic skills, Mm -hmm. pausing for, you know, a few weeks to really focus on math facts before they move on to the next thing or reading. You know, sometimes with parents, I think we feel like um, they have to push on to the next level. One of the best things you can do for your kids is to allow them to freely read below their reading comprehension level Mm -hmm. because the more they read easier books, it just reinforces their reading ability and, you know, you just let them read. You don't have to constantly be pushing ahead. Everyone, you know, reads at different stages and is ready for different math skills at different stages. And it just may be developmental. For sure. And
2: like I've said, we use Saxon for math. And so we came to a point with one of my kids where they were struggling. They were just struggling. And then math was becoming a fight. And so I said, all right, we're going to back up. We're going to back up to where you felt comfortable and where you felt like you knew what you were doing. And we backed up to mm-hmm. that lesson and we started again from there and going it over it a second time, doing those lessons a second time, much greater success. They were that much older. They had seen that before it wasn't as intimidating as it was the first time and they did a whole lot better so you can you can do a restart with your same curriculum just back up and give it another
1: try yep for sure Well, ladies, that is all the questions that I had for curriculum. So thank you for sharing and talking with me about that tonight. We will wrap up uh, this episode like we normally do with what is bringing you joy in your homeschool right now. So Annie, you want to go?
2: It is our garden. This is the latest. We've had a very late spring. If you've listened to previous episodes, you probably heard of the big blizzard that we had. It took a while for the snow to melt. The snow's all gone now, but it's just been a late spring here and I've been kind of slow in the garden, but this week is supposed to be really warm. Um, sun is shining. Um, what's really important is that soil temperature needs to warm up. And with all that snow, the soil did not have the chance to warm up. So there's a little science lesson for you. You always learn something on the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. <laughs> So now that that soil temp is climbing up, we can start putting seeds in. We can start putting our transplants in. And so we're really looking forward to that.
1: Very cool. Harmony? Yeah, I have kind of some
0: of the same. We are, um, our chickens are outside now in a coop. And they're super happy and fully feathered and looking like hens, almost grown hens. So that's exciting. And um, we're getting ready to put the garden in. The girls have planted seedlings and we're going to be direct sowing. We're actually going to start on it tomorrow at the time of this recording. So we're excited about that. And then also just Michigan has erupted into its growing season. So the farmer's market is open and we've been doing that early Saturday mornings. We've joined a CSA. So all the great things about summertime Michigan are coming and starting. So especially with food and produce and local farms, and it's just, we've, I've, I've missed this and the girls are really enjoying kind of entering into this sort of an agricultural mm-hmm. living space where, yeah, we have our own to grow as well. So right. super fun.
1: I would say for me, uh, what is bringing me joy is just we're, uh, you know, coming up at the end of the school year and just seeing the fruit of all the hard work this year. My daughter just uh, had her play last weekend that her and her classmates from her co-op worked all year long. uh, And it was phenomenal. Just blew blew me away. So just seeing that. And we also, we had our last day of co-op and We kind of had like showcase where we were able to go in and the kids were able to, you know, show off some of the work that they did in their classes and stuff. So just really just, I think that seeing the fruit of a hard year's work. Thank you ladies for chatting with me today. And I look forward to talking with you again soon.
0: You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at therelatablehomeschoolers We'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.